Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Hasek. I played goalie because of Dominic Hasek. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 101. We made it past the century mark. Cully is not with us just quite yet. Uh, getting off the ice, he might be able to hop in uh, hop in with us here momentarily. But don't fear, I have Gatesy, Carson Gates, uh, from Two Goalies, One Mike, and Crossing Swords here to help me out. And uh, introducing our uh, first guest of the next century of episodes, uh, Cam Robinson. Director of Video Scouting with uh, Elite Prospects. Cam, how are you? I can see you're at the airport. Uh, it's had to have been a busy couple weeks for you, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sitting sitting here at the airport waiting for my flight. Everyone's going to get to listen to me do this podcast with you guys. Hopefully I'm not too annoying for them. <laughs> I remember when they broke the Jack Eichel trade, I was uh, in between flights down to Florida for my uncle's wedding. And it, the the, flight, the 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 trade broke while I was in the air, and I landed. All of a sudden, my phone is blowing up with different notifications. Uh, my buddy, good friend of the program, Andrew Peters, the one who broke the trade, and I was like, "Buddy, good for you, man. That that's huge. That's probably the biggest trade next to next to Dom Hashik that this organization's ever made. Uh, and you broke it. That's pretty cool. But I I remember going live from the airport, um, and with the worst possible Wi-Fi reception that available to me the time and just like you we were all wearing masks yeah i've done this once before heading uh, heading to a draft and then almost missed my flight when i wasn't paying attention and they like called me overhead mid mid podcast I'm like oh, I gotta go. just like hung up <laughs> ran to the get on yeah yeah um but yeah so obviously it's been a, a busy couple weeks and months for you um one of the one of the uh your lead-ins to one of your last articles, um, I really, I really appreciated it in the way you wrote it. Cause you know, being like a, you know, kind of a journalism major myself, the scouting season, a long arduous campaign, one filled with landmines and potholes as you try to advance your way to the end of the league year and the NHL entry draft early season expectations can turn sour by Christmas. Relative unknowns can establish themselves as household names. Lists are made crumpled up, tossed away. New ones are created in their stead, and it's so much fun. Uh, is that true? I, I, does the, do you enjoy? Are you that much passionate about this? Or is the, by the end of the line, when you get to what this week is, is it like thank God? Oh man, I'm a glutton for punishment. I, I live for this stuff for sure. Like this is, it's. I, I have two careers: this and being a school teacher, and uh, and this one dominates my my attention span most of the time. It's always on my mind. Um, no, I, I love this stuff. Now, I will say that I am looking forward to scouting the 23 class. This this class hasn't – they weren't the most endearing group of players. There are some ones that I really, really like um, and some that I don't. Uh, but overall, it's been a, a bit of a boring class maybe, and, and 2023 is really looking exciting. So uh, I'm looking forward to taking a little break here after this week and, uh, and then recharging and getting back at it for August. You speak of 2000, uh, the 23 draft class. I believe one of our own here in Buffalo is going to be part of it, Quentin Musty, uh, mm-hmm. a kid that a lot of people here are really excited about. My co-host is on the ice with him off and on, him and his younger sister who's a goalie. Um, so we're all, all really excited to see where he ends up, you know, come come his dra- uh, draft eligible year, which I believe is next season, isn't it? Yep. Yep. It'll be up next year. 
Quentin Musty. Yeah, a lot, a lot of excitement around here uh, surrounding him. And obviously, the you know, no one has to even, you know, speculate Connor Bedard, which is the hype around that kid. Is it as big as it was with Connor McDavid? Maybe not quite as as large, but it's it's close. It is close, and I think it's justifiably so. Like this, the kid is so so good, despite the size. Um, just electric talent, electric speed, terrific shot. He's got it all going for him. So he's he's a slam dunk for one, and then uh, and then we'll have a few guys battling for that number two spot. Yeah, I, and you 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 wrote in your bar top five bold predictions, and I really appreciated this because I thought I was crazy. You know, your first bold prediction was neither Slavowski or Shane Wright go first overall, leaving, you know, Logan Cooley being the guy. And me personally, I've been a Logan Cooley guy, guy now for months. I just love everything about his game. I think he's the best, personally, out of the three, the best 200-foot hockey player out of the three of them. And I think that he really, he, you know, the USA development program has come such a long way over the last decade, and he's just proof of that. Yeah, he's a good player. And, um, you know, he's probably got maybe a higher peer upside than Shane Wright does offensively. Um, defensively, I think Wright does does kind of have a more mature, nuanced style to his game that will translate into a really safe pro. Um, you know, he's going to be a top six center. I, I think the same of, of Logan Cooley, too. But he's got a little more, you know, speed to him. I think he tries some more creative things offensively as well, which helps him. He can get himself into trouble doing the same thing. But, you know, playing at the program and against USL, USHL competition, he can get away with some of that stuff, right? You can make those mistakes and get away with it. Um, yeah. So I, I think he's going to go top five for sure, probably top three. But I think that there is a world where he could slip into that top spot and kind of shock the world. And that's what I'm all about is on draft day, man. Like I remember when Buffalo, you know, under under the tutelage of Tim Murray, uh, you know, they made all those splashes on draft day back with the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And it's a lot of the other deals they made in the offseason between that, Evander Kane. It was the same year we drafted Eichel. They're, like there's nothing better for me. I love trades, man. I love chaos. I live for the chaos. You know, I'm that, I, I, I'm literally, you know, that scene from The Dark Knight where – uh, Alfred and Alfred and Bruce are talking. They're trying. He's trying to explain to him that some people just want to watch the world burn, and that's just me, man. I want to watch teams just burn to the ground come draft day. I want to see rebuilds start. I want to see star players traded and moved. Like that's what I'm all about right now. And you know, you also said there could be a lot of movement come draft day. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, <clears throat> I, I think more more so than ever. I think that there's going to be some names that are going to. If they don't move, they're going to come close. Like, I, there's a lot of irons in the fire right now for a lot of big name players. Uh, you know, I think there's a good chance JT Miller moves. I think there's a good chance we see a guy like Anthony D'Angelo move. Um, I think maybe a big player out of Winnipeg goes. Like, there's there's a lot of teams looking, and uh, there's a lot of assets available right now. And that's usually a, a good setup, especially in the offseason, right, where there's not as many cap constrictions and teams are like fully looking to overhaul their team and push for next year. And, you know, the, the trade deadlines when people get a little nuts, but there's only a few of them that are really able to, ones that really think they have a chance. Right now, everybody thinks they have a chance. Um, so so I think I think there's going to be some stuff happening, especially on that first day of the draft is when we, we tend to see some of the big ones. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for it too because I'm just like you. I, I love to see the chaos, it, right? The trades are just the best. Like, I love that Kevin Fiala deal. You know, I liked it for both sides. And, and it's just a lot of fun, right? Yeah, you know, and uh, just, you know <laughs> – the, the Fiala deal, like I, I've I've been I've been thinking about him in a Buffalo sweater now for a few months uh, as that day approached. I just thought he would have been a perfect fit here in Buffalo. Just everything about his game, you know, sitting on the wing of that first line, just the great season he had. Obviously, it didn't happen. He went to LA, but that's just the first domino to fall, right? And I think there are more to come. And uh, you know, JT Miller, a guy out of Vancouver, you know, where you know a team that you cover quite a bit uh could be the next guy to move and you know a name that's been a, te- a team name that's been tossed around a lot is the rangers uh do you see that being a good fit or maybe washington another team that's been tossed around not usually it's an unknown it's usually never the team that's always speculated about a lot of the times it's an unknown yeah i mean it sounds like there is a ton of teams interested in, and i mean why wouldn't they right i think i put up 100 points last season he's on a good contract for next year um he's a leader he's <clears throat> has a bit of that hard skill to his game where he's gonna be a little nasty out there too and for Vancouver, they can't give him the bag, right? They can't give him eight years and eight and a half or nine million or whatever he wants. They're just not in the position to do that in their cap structure or where they are kind of in their in their contender arc. 
Um, so it makes a ton of sense to move them, and it makes a ton of sense for a lot of teams. I think the Rangers are very much interested. I think the Devils are very interested. I think, yeah, the Caps with Backstrom unlikely to return here. Um, so, you know, when there's a lot of teams that are interested, you know, that means the price is going to be high. Um, so the expectation is that he'll, he'll garner a bigger return than Fiala did. Um, and I think that that's justified. And we'll just see if they can get it done. Because, you know, the, the new regime in Vancouver has done a lot of good things in the executive side of those things. But now it's time to, to put their mark on the team. Yeah, uh, circling back to the draft here coming up, guys like Slav and Frank Nazar have kind of shot up the ranks, especially like on the online world. How do NHL GMs kind of see these players develop over time? Do you think they'll go higher up in the draft now than they would maybe a couple months ago? I mean, I think the public lists are like, they're fun. They're great. We get opinions from everybody, right? And I'm one of them. Um, but if you if you get a chance to look at a team list, they often are wildly different than what the, the public consensus are. Like, obviously, there's a few things, right? Like, you get you can probably glean some information, especially from some of these big, big public guys who have kind of their finger on the pulse of, of some teams. And I try to do it myself, chatting with guys and trying to, you know, you can, you can get some information even without them telling you to what they won't say. Um, so you, you can kind of lock down a few things. But, yeah, it's hard to know, especially with a guy like Frankie Nazar, who is so skilled. But, like, I know some teams that think that he's a third rounder. Right. So, and others that think he's a top 10 talent. So it's like, we're all it takes is one team to step up early and, and make a jump. And, and that'll, that'll be that. But uh, at the same time, I could see, I could see some guys falling, some guys rising really quickly here at the draft. And, and for us, it'll be like, Whoa, but maybe on their side of the thing, it's like, no, this was clearly the best player available on our list. And, and we weren't afraid to jump. Yeah. yeah. What's it take for Montreal to not take right? Like that has to be such a, a decision for them to go against the green. Like what would it take for them to, to take that risk and, and take the risky play. I mean, it, it, they're in a situation, at least with like new management, is that they have they're going to have some leeway, right? If they can convince ownership that that's the right move, um, then then I think that they can do it. Uh, do I think they will do it? I, I mean, I know that there's been reports saying that they're undetermined at this point. Even still, I still think they're going to take right. I think it's the smart play. It's the safer play. Um, he might not end up being the most dynamic or most impactful player in the draft. Um, but he's going to be a very good player. And when you're drafting first overall, you need you need to hit. And so if they wanted to swing on Slavkowski, sure, there's an upside there for him to be like a unicorn, right? This big, talented player who's going to add some physical nature to his game and score goals and set up plays. Or he might be Joel Armia, right? Like, there's a huge range of outcomes for him. Uh, My question was, is he more of a capo caco? Somebody that had a great world championship and a great world junior, but really hasn't lived up to that international hype. Because Kako had the best six months out of anybody leading up to his draft year, right? Um, like, what's the comparable for you? I mean, there are comparisons, obviously, just from where they played. And, and like you said, the international resume. Um, I don't think that they're carbon copies of each other for their styles. I think that the biggest thing with Kako is that he hasn't learned how to get off the wall with any sort of decisiveness is that he could do it in the league a little bit. He could do it in internationally, but he hasn't been able to figure out how to do it in the NHL. And that's Slavkovsky. It's one of his strengths is to be able to explore off the wall with possession. Oh, he plays a man's possession. game too. He, he does. Absolutely. Right. So um, he needs time and space to get that shot off a little bit still. And uh, we'll see if he's able to create that or, you know, ends up in a place like New Jersey where he can have Jack Hughes making the space for him and he just has to get open. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking, speaking of Jack, no, speaking of Jack Hughes, we're going to have him on actually not too long after uh, we, we, we cut loose with you. Uh, any thoughts on him and his game? I know in text, text you mentioned that uh, you thought Jack could really end up being a decent middle six guy down the line. Um, some some people haven't projected to go in the first round. Some people don't. Where do you have him slotting in at? Is he a, is he a late late first round guy or is he like a second day guy? Yeah, I've got him early day too. I think I've got him in the like early 40s, mid 40s, something like that. I don't have my list in front of me here, but yeah, 43, 44. Um, yeah, he he played well at Northeastern this year. You know, he, he plays a smart game, and, and as a freshman, he was tasked with some defensive minutes, and he and he did well. And um, I don't I don't see the offense really popping at the next level, um, but I think he's one of these players that's good at everything, great at nothing, and and that there's going to be a role for him down the line. Um, and yeah, I, I don't expect him to go on day one, but again, tail end of the first round, it's like it, it, all bets are off, right? We see all yep. sorts of things happen. Yep. I don't I, know if you've asked this yet. Sorry to jump in. Um, with the Sabres having three picks, what's the likelihood that you see us package that? I, I, I'm trying to think back. 
I know there's been some moves uh, in the past couple drafts, but not 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 a ton with teams packaging up multiple first-rounders to move up. Is it a possibility with this Sabres team if they see somebody they love at, say, five or six? I mean, sure, yeah, right? They've got the Where's the drop-off for you in this class? Is it after the two? No, for me, I think it's more around five. I think that's where it kind of cuts off. I think that top four is looking pretty strong. Um, but Who's the fourth? That you have the, uh, the American kid from Pittsburgh, right? What's his name? Logan Cooley. Yeah, Cooley. And then who's four for you? Uh, I've got Simone Nemich at number two for me. So I, I've got him in that top group as well. Okay. Um, so I think I think that there's uh, there's some options in, but at the same time, like they, they're they're pretty good at the spot they are. Then maybe they move those two later picks to move up into the teens if they like someone there, or you know, in the low teens or twelve or something like that. I can see that making sense. But this is one of these weird classes where it's like. Unless you fall in love with the player, there's going to be someone in the same tier picking around you, so you can, yep. you can settle in that spot. I actually think this is a great draft to slide back and accrue more darts, you know, more early seconds, more thirds, more 2023 picks, and still landing probably someone that you really like. The 2023, the 2023 draft is is a really sexy draft. And before we let you go, I, I have one more thing. You know, I, I want one more. Uh, Ask more question on the Sabres draft, and I'm sure Johnny has a few uh, question or two about uh, Buffalo, Buffalo born and bred Quentin Musty, who's uh, you know that's his draft eligible year, a kid that uh, Johnny's gotten to know over the past year. Um, but you know where you know there there have been a number as 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 Carson alluded to, Frank Nazar has has been slotted in for Buffalo at nine. You see guys like Jonathan uh, Licker Mackey. I'm sorry if I butchered his name. Uh, slotted in. I'm actually, I'm actually a big Marco Casper uh, guy. I, I want a center. I really want them to take a center. I don't want to see the defenseman taken with that first pick. If you do use it, personally, me, I want, I want to do a Cully center. I would like to package two picks, you know, a couple picks together. Either a move back and get picks in 2023, or bring in a player that will make you better next year. That's still young. Guys, maybe like an Alex DeBrincat. Maybe not that guy specifically, but a guy like that. A guy has huge upside that you know makes you better term on his deal yeah yeah with yeah but yeah with term on his deal that well it just fits our rebuild right like i the way i look at it and cam i guess i'll put it to you this way um i've I've, from the people that i've talked to there's a lot more like next year's crop is a lot deeper correct Mm -hmm. yeah so like does that make sense for us that i mean I remember when, uh, what was it, the conditions were met for Vegas's pick to kick in this year instead of next year. I remember a lot of people celebrating, and I was thinking to myself, maybe this isn't a great thing, right? Like, I know we're expecting Vegas to be better than they were. You can look at it that way all you want. But for just, like, for the draft, they have it in. So that's where I was kind of, like, getting to with my point. If, if our guy isn't there, and, Dwayne, you mentioned center, and I, I agree there that we're light down, down, down the middle – but if, if you there's a guy you love inside that top five this year, like they said in what the movie draft day, Vontae Mack, no matter what, right? If that guy's not there, I'm okay with them trading back and getting ammunition next year in a draft that almost every every analyst is saying is deeper. Um, I just wonder if you can find that trade partner inside that top five. Um, that'll be tough. It, let me ask you this then, Kim. If they do make a deal, who do you think is most likely to trade that is that is ahead of us at outside of what do we pick? Eight? Nine. nine. We're at nine, sixteen, and so 20, 28. In that one through eight, who do you think the Sabres most likely, if they get a deal to move up, who do you think's most likely to, to part ways with that early capital? I mean, you might be able to see Detroit slide back a little bit if they, because they're a smart team that would recognize, hey, like there's three guys here and we're picking at eight and, you know, we can move back a couple spots and get one of them still and get some, get some other assets. You know, I could see them doing that. I don't still find a way to turn a third rounder into a hall of famer. Yeah. They're pretty good at that for sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to move top 10 picks. Uh, it, it doesn't happen too much. We, we often see them in that 11 to 20 range. Those are the picks that move more often, um, which is what I'm expecting this week as well. Uh, well, I know um, Dwayne brought it up. Uh, Quentin Musty, I've had the pleasure of not only working with him, but um, his younger sister is an elite-level goalie playing in the SCTA. 
um, as a, as a girl, she's playing boys hockey. She's awesome. The musty family shout out to them. Um, I know Sudbury had a down year, but, uh, musty is, um, in that Bedard draft, right? Like that's, that's a draft we're looking at coming up. That that's going to be pretty good. What, what are your thoughts on, on Quinton's game? I know he had some tough bounces with injuries at times and couldn't stay healthy, but when he was healthy, did you have any good viewings of him? You know, I don't I don't usually comment too much on the next class until I can really sink my teeth in them too much. But I know he's a he's a very high level player. What I've seen I like so far, but uh but yeah, give me a couple months and uh really dive into the draft eligible season and go back and watch some tape because I have my hands full with the class at hand usually. And uh it's hard not to watch some of these guys a little bit closer, but Bedard, is he that special? He is, yes. He is very special. Yeah. I, I, I hate to comment because I've only seen the bits and pieces of the, the, the eye popping highlights, right? But like if, if you could describe to our viewers, I know you said you didn't you don't think much about the, the year ahead. What is it about Bedard that makes him a clear one A um kind of like we've seen Shane Wright kind of you know get away from? He has like electric skating he has a goal scores release like he could score 50 maybe 60 like it's an incredible release already at his age and then the mind right like he's he's like a nine out of ten brain out there like it's and nobody's a 10. Uh, so you put all that together with the vision and the handles it's just he's he's really really special he's, he's a generational player at this point i i best you jaw dropped at some of the stuff I've seen with him. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that way. We're trending towards smaller players have success, right? I, I joke with Dwayne all the time about like the Scott Stevens era and the, you know, when 6'4", if you weren't 6'4", you weren't playing on the back end, right? Or um, So it's just fun to see. I, I know that, um, you know, we're seeing some, like, Dwayne, you just brought up a guy like Debrinkit, right? It, it wasn't possible for a guy like that. No where he was taken. No one thought he, he, would, he would. I got to see him with McDavid in, in Erie when, when they lost to Oshawa. I think it was the OHL final. But the Brinkett was unbelievable. Um, and, and and to see him have success is is has been great. And there's a guy that's name's been mentioned. Do you think he gets something done? Does he fit to Chicago's timeline, Cam, or is he is he a, tra a trade piece? Oh, he's 100% a trade piece, and they're they're actively shopping him, and you know they're turning down some big packages already. We'll see if they can get it done. But again, you know this is a young 40 goal, multi-time 40 goal scorer that his price tag is going to be high, high, high. So we'll see if I, that anyone wants. To are we talking him. multiple firsts and a roster player? Yeah, at, at least. Yeah. Well, Cam, uh, I want to thank you again for hopping on with us. I know you know your time frame. Uh, you're on your way to Montreal, correct? Yep. Yeah. Heading up yep. right now. Yeah. That'll be exciting. That'd be, that'd be really exciting for you. I uh, hope you had a great time. And again, like I said, you know, I said it before, I hope, you know, a guy like Alex to could be in Buffalo's future. We'll see. It, it would make I hope sense. A guy like Quentin Musty's in Buffalo's future. Yeah, maybe we'll see, but thanks for hopping on with us, man. I appreciate you taking the time and hopefully we can have you on a few months from now when you do get your teeth sunk into that next draft class. And maybe we can talk a little bit about Quentin Musty and Connor Bedard a little bit more and, you know, what's in the future for 2023. For sure. Absolutely. Cam, thanks for your time. Keep up the great work, man. Cheers. Thanks, fellas. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part two of episode 102. I'm Johnny Collin, Dwayne, and Gabe. I literally just said episode 101. <laughs> <laughs> episode I literally 101. just said, like, five seconds, episode 101, part two, and you – <laughs> 101 part two um we're, we're pleased to have jack hughes on after a great first year at northeastern thank you for taking time to be with us yeah thanks for having me guys too many pucks to the head god damn it. well i spent four years in the o jack and Dwayne is right way too many pucks to the head yeah. um out here just grinding at the rink getting the, the, the goalies of tomorrow better but uh no, Northeastern, hell of a school. You, you, you had a great years coming in, playing in the program. You're a Westwood Mass guy. Where did you play growing up? I played Eagles uh, all growing up, and then I played at St. Sebastian's my freshman year. The, was it St. Seb's that used to – did you guys have that Christmas tournament? Yep. Yes. I was just telling the boys before you got on. I played at uh, – you know Nichols from Buffalo. I played at a school called St. Francis. They're not good anymore. But back in the day, we would come up, we'd play Northwood. We would do your guys' Christmas tournament with South Kent. Um, dude, that was electric. Uh, how yeah, was your time in South Kent? Did you enjoy it there? What's that? 
How was your time at or sorry, not not South Kent, Saint Sebs? How was your time there? Did you enjoy it before going to the program? Yeah, it was awesome. I went there seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. Um, I got to play with you know a bunch of my friends there. It was a lot of fun. That's a great league, the Founders League, that top group. Um, and you're seeing more and more guys. I remember growing up for me, it was you know the CHL, the OHL, the Q, and the Dub seemed to dominate. But we're seeing more and more not only Americans, but you know, whether it's prep school, whether it's Minnesota high school, or whether it's program guys getting drafted and, and getting drafted early. Um, so what was it like, you know, you got to play obviously with some, some talented cats at the program um, for the viewers that don't know it's based out of Plymouth now, right? Because I, it was the Plymouth Whalers where we used to play in that rink. You guys moved into that rink, correct? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, they moved it from Ann Arbor to Plymouth uh, a few years ago. So tell us a little bit about what your time's been like at the program. Uh, it was a lot of fun there. It was, um, it was a tough first year. We, um, you know, we didn't win a ton of games our first year. Um, but it was, you know, it was good for, you know, all of us being there and our second year, we were a lot better. Um, you know, weren't as small and less physical than the other teams. So we succeeded a little bit more, but, um, overall it was a, it was a fun experience being there with, with the same, same group of guys all the time and, and just playing hockey. I've heard that one of my good buddies, Jer Jeremy Morin, uh, I think he's playing in the KHL now, but he was a Syracuse kid, um, and my brother played for the Syracuse Stars back when they were in the OJ. I got to know him, um, and he was a program guy, and he just talked about that camaraderie that you guys have, especially for the guys that are there for the two full years um, that, that come in and, and you finish together, um, you know, now culminating here in, in your draft year for a lot of you guys. Uh, are you a late birth year? I am, yeah. So a lot of a lot of your guys were draft eligible last year, right? A lot of the guys you played with there. Yeah, most most of the guys were. Now, are you the only are you the only late birth year from that program team? Uh, two other two other late birthdays was Jack Devine and Gibson Homer, both late. Gibson's the goalie, right? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That program, Collie, and we've talked about it too, and we mentioned it with Cam. Is like that program has come a long way over the last like eight to ten years. It's been unreal. A lot of good good hockey players that have come out of that program. So you know, you know, I, I'm excited to see what Jack brings to the table, uh, where he goes. Uh, hopefully, here on day one, um, you know, we'll see. But I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what's to come for Northeastern next season because you guys are bringing back a pretty good hockey team. Yeah, we are. Um, Is Jerry O'Keefe still there? Yeah, Jerry O'Keefe. He's a, he's the head coach. Last year was his first year head coach. Um, I want to say he was one of the assistants back in the day when I was, when I was doing my recruiting. Great guy. Awesome guy. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Um, no, go no, ahead. No. I was just, yeah, I was just gonna say it was the last year was his first year being head coach. Um, he'd been the assistant for a long time previously. You guys had a good run. What was it? Hockey East? Uh, what was it? The bean, bean cup or what is it? Yeah. The bean. Yeah. Bean pot, bean pot finals, one, nothing. Take us through that game. That it's got to be tough not having your starting goalie, eh? Yeah, well, both teams and neither of us had our starting goalie for that. No way. Was it BU uh, you guys played goal, against? Our, our backup goalie played. Yeah, BU Kameso uh, was also at the Olympics, so um, it was two. They both of them played really well too. Like a one nothing game. Oh, fuck. Two one nothing there. game in the Bean Pot Finals. Are you kidding me? I mean, well, yeah. you. I mean, give the guy a break. He only gave up one goal. A tough break. He was ah. a program guy, wasn't he? Camesso? Camesso was, yeah. He was a year older than me. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, for me, if I wasn't going OHL, I wanted to play Hockey East. My first, It was unofficial, but just that first visit in downtown Boston, I know BU's there too, and BC's kind of got that feel of, you know, like a village, like, you know what I mean, that smaller yeah. school. But for me, and, you know, we talked to Ritzy about this and Devin, just that first visit where you're walking down and you see the T and you see the, the old brick buildings. Like, for me, I was sold right away. I ended up going the, the major junior route. But, I mean, did you have an in-person visit or what, did, what was your commitment like? Yeah, I visited. Um, I visited. It was it was a really nice day when I, when I visited another school, it wasn't, it was raining. So it was kind of, it was two days in a row where one of the, one of the days it was raining, one of was sunny in the, in the city was Boston. Um, it was awesome. Uh, you know, I grew up in Boston, so I've been there plenty of times, 
been to Bruins games, all that type of thing, Fenway. So um, it was this past year was really cool being back there, especially after seeing it uh, years ago when I committed. And it was, yeah, it, it's really awesome being in the city. I love well, having city. a good young core too. Sorry, go ahead, Dwayne. And I love the city of Boston, man. I'm I'm a I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Actually, uh, I got a tattoo on my arm um, uh, of Veritech punching A-Rod back in 2004. <laughs> what, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, I was. Awesome. was he, he was. Are you even? Were you even born in 04? What's your birth year? I'm 03. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so technically, you were old, alive for it. You were one year <laughs> old, bud. When when uh, they threw. Wait, we're getting fucking old, buddy. I know. They threw, it, they threw it A-Rod, and he, he's he's at the plate, and he's yelling, fuck you, fuck you. And Dude, that, he, was, that was awesome. And Veritek just turns around and cracks him in the face with his catcher, man. I got that. Veritek was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> He oh, was a bad dude. dude he was the heart and soul of those teams, especially dude, as the catcher. He could he played well into his career with a barrel like mine. Like yeah. he had a barrel, but he could still do it. Love it. Tech, Tech, Tech was the last great catcher that team had. I mean, Christian Vasquez, he's he's not bad. Salty wasn't a bad catcher, but he wasn't. He wasn't Veritek one of the only guys that could catch for Wakefield as a knuckleball pitcher? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, wait, dude. Like, are you a baseball guy, Jack? Do you, do you, do you um, not really. Like I go to Sox games so, sometimes, but I I don't know too much about it. If you ever get a chance to go on YouTube and uh, and YouTube Tim Wakefield and watch this guy's knuckleball, dude. They used to ever bring in a catcher specifically for him because that ball. <laughs> just imagine like a knuckle puck, right? Dude, I fucking ball. love knuckleballs. I, I don't care how weird <laughs> it is to say it. Knuck, I watched a fucking documentary on knuckleballs, and it was a great evening. Swear oh, to God. Yeah. I swear in the East Coast League that I, I really enjoyed my evening. It was a two-hour documentary strictly on knuckleball pitchers, and I'm not ashamed to say it. So yeah. you get in, you get into Northeastern. Um, you guys have a, a really talented group. How many drafted guys are in that room? Seven, 12? Like, what are we talking? Um, this past year, there was uh, probably around seven guys, yes, somewhere yeah. around there. Um. Obviously, Jordan Harris is is gone next year, but there's you know a couple of kids coming in too who might get drafted or who are going to get drafted. Um, yeah, you'll have to excuse me. I usually have this information. I'm on my phone right now at the rink. I apologize. Um, no but you know, being a part of th this group, what's the whole process been like? Were you able to come to Buffalo for the combine? I was, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that experience. I know a lot of Sabres fans, we have been very lucky to have the Combine in Buffalo, uh, but that's every little kid's dream, right, leading up to this draft process? Yeah, it's really it's it's really cool. And, like, leading up to it, or I guess a year or two ago, like, looking at it, um, it's like, oh, I want to I want to go to that. And then as it was leading, coming kind of closer, I was like, oh, this is, this is probably going to be a bit of a grind. But um, – you know, that's kind of what it was like the whole, it was it was a long week uh, I think I got there on a Sunday uh, and I left on Saturday something like that um, but it was that's it was a cool experience um, but like you overall, do, how do they structure fun. it do you do interviews with the teams when you first get there or is it right into the physical testing and then the the, the back half is the interviews it was Monday through Thursday was interviews and then Friday was some of the testing uh, with some more interviews, and then Saturday was the rest of the testing. You mind if I ask how many teams you visited with? Feel free to say no. Yeah, I met with, I think it was around 26 teams. Not a big deal. <laughs> I, 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 I'll ask one question, Dwayne. I know you had, had one coming up, but, I mean, I, I, I know you have to be careful about this. And I remember Charlie McAvoy, you know, openly saying, you know, where like people always ask, like, what what team you grew up rooting for? Were you you were a Bruins fan, right? Yep. So, like, how cool would it be? And I don't know where they stand with with their picks, but you know, if if you hear, um, like, look, Cassidy is 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 Cassidy still there? Yeah. Well, whoever, if you hear the Bruins call your name, uh, how special would that be for you? Yeah, that'd be really cool. I I mean, I grew up going to tons of Bruins games. I'm still a huge Bruins fan. Uh, are you a Bergeron guy? Fuck off that? my podcast. Are you a Bergeron guy or who's your yeah. guy? Yeah, but I love uh, Bergeron, Marshawn, 
uh, McAvoy. I love Tory Krug before he was gone. Um, Get off my podcast. <laughs> fuck off, Dwayne. Hey, I love Terry O'Reilly. Like, I, I remember growing up with that. Dwayne, if you like the movie Happy Gilmore, you have to have a little bit of Boston Bruins love in you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You win a PGA Tour event with a fucking Boston Bruins jersey on, you're good in my book. <laughs> yeah, um, right. No, that's that's got to be awesome. Um so you had a chance to play in the Harbor Center for the, the combine or at least be in it. Is that the first time you were there or were you able to play the junior Sabres at all growing up? Yeah, I think I years ago, probably four or five years ago now, I played there uh, in a tournament that they were hosting. Uh, so I played the uh, junior Sabres probably three or four times back when I was younger. Quick question. Did you get drafted in the queue or did you tell them you were college all the way? Um, I think I did they like they did an American draft for the like? You don't even guy doesn't even know who owns his rights. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I, I was I was never I was never planning on on going there. Uh, it was kind of like I mean it was the American draft, so there's only so many kids you can pick. Um, so yeah, I never I never talked to them before or after. Um, so it was kind of just. Well, it's safe to say you, you made a great call. Northeastern, you guys got a ton of talent. Um, you know, Probably. were you guys invited in that? Did you make it to the tournament this year? Yeah, you guys made the tournament, right? Yeah, we lost to uh, Western Michigan and OT first they round of the tournament. They were a fucking wagon this year. Yeah, they're a good team. They so, did not get as much respect as they should have coming out of the NCDC. No. Or NCHC, sorry. <laughs> so, so, buddy, uh, I think I'm brought there. All right. Uh, not not to humble you here a little bit, not to pump your tires, but you know, producer Carson over there did some research for us. I know you had a pretty good showing at the combine, but Cully, get this. He showed out that he was first in pull-ups, first, top ten in the long jump, grip strength, bench press, vertical jump, uh, body fat percentage, anaerobic uh, peak power output, agility and what balance. What is that? The VO2? Uh, anaerobic, I think it's the Wingate. So you guys do the Wingate and the VO2 max still, right? Yeah, and they do all sorts of, like, tests within the the entire test. Dwayne, Dwayne, so you're telling me top 10 for all these things? Top 10 for all of that, yep. Not a big deal at all. Holy shit, eh? In Buffalo, one of our top centers uh, on the team right now, our top three centers in Casey Middlestat, also the uh, – Actually, no. He played. Was he? Was he with the program? No, he, he no, no, played sure. half a year and for the Gamblers, I think. But he was Minnesota yeah. High School. Anyways, he couldn't do one pull up, buddy. So you know, you know yeah, I remember that. Way to so what show did up. you? What did you win at? Did you get like fifty? Uh, nineteen. Who have you been training with leading up to this? Uh, I was at school. I didn't move out of school. From you August guys have a growth like athletic a center. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave if I didn't have to either. Um, <laughs> now, you guys, you know, I know it's there's a, there's different pro skates that go on in Boston with a lot of guys being at home. Um, I know Eichel and some of those guys get together. But do you stay like with the team? Is it is it like everybody that stays? You know, do you guys work out and, and, and do it together, or is it a mix of you know Boston guys? Because I'm sure a lot of kids coming home and and that you know, a year up or two, you know, get together. So what is it like, um, you know, been leading up to the draft? Have you been able to stay on the ice quite a bit? Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole summer is kind of a bit of a mixed group. Like this, this is the first year I've had to be at uh, summer school at Northeastern. Um, so we were skating as a group uh, a couple of times a week for a few weeks. And then um, when I got to move out, I've, it's only been about a week, week and a half. So, um, I've skated with the same same skills coach, uh, Adam Nicholas, for years now, about eight years probably. Um, so I, he has, always has a pretty good college and, and pro group. Um, it's, it's any been names a, a, we might recognize in that group of yours? Uh, there's uh, Maddie Benier skates. There. <laughs> Not a big deal, Maddie <laughs> B. Number two overall. I'm a huge Maddie Beniers fan. When I saw him in World Juniors as an underager. Buddy, I. So, did you get to know him at the program? Was he was two years older than you? He was one year older than me, so we were there at the same time. Uh, I've kind of I've known him for a little bit now. Uh, one of he's a he's a Massachusetts kid too, right? Yeah, he lives in Hingham, so he's Hingham, other side of the state. Yeah, it's uh, 
like closer to Cape Cod, closer to the beach. Westwood, are you near um like what is it, New England Sports Center? You know the big rank I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like about it's like forty five minutes away. What is that? Marlboro and Foxboro yep. area? Yeah, yeah. Marlboro. Yeah. Um, so before St. Seb's last question for me about your minor hockey before St. Seb's, what, what were you junior Bruins? Were you New Hampshire Monarchs? Where did you play? I played for the junior Eagles. I played for junior Bruins a little bit in summer tournaments and whatnot, but uh, I played junior Eagles pretty much, pretty much. Did you play in the life. brick? I did. Yeah. So uh, do you guys know about the brick Dwayne Gacy? I know it's going on right now. Yeah, like they have that famous clip of I think it's Stamkos going down on Eberly, and then Martin Jones is in net, and then I don't know. Um, but it was Stamkos and Petrangelo. I just love it. How unreal of an experience was doing that? Because you're what, like 11, 12 years old? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was years ago. I, I honestly don't even remember it that well. But it was. I, why I do you not remember, remember playing a in, a, in a goddamn mall? A buddy, yeah, it, it a was buddy. crazy. A buddy, a, 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 a friend, we, we talked about him, Dave Stefanik. His his son is a goalie. He he just he was playing. In yeah, the he's making some noise, man. He's yeah, getting he, looked at by the program. He's playing very well, man. He's getting at his age. You know, he's got a lot of eyes on him, uh, Dave Junior. And um, I, I think I think it's Dave Junior. I want to say it's Dave Junior. Yeah, um, I think it is too. He's yeah, he's. I, he's I, 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 I'm he's sorry like if I fourteen. He's he's. I think he's like two three years away from his draft. Um. So, you know, going into this, we got, what, how many days now until the draft? It's the Thursday. coming up this Thursday, weekend? Friday. Thursday, Thursday. Thursday. Two days away. Who are you going to be with? Um, where's the setup? Uh, like, what, what's your group of people? I think it'll probably just be be my family. My, my dad obviously won't be there because he'll be down wherever on the, on the floor. But, um, yeah. Oh, you're going I, to Montreal. I, you're going up? Yeah, I'm here. I'm in Montreal right now. He's there right now. Oh, fuck me. Too many parks that I had. Keep going. (laughs) Uh, I have, you know, both sides of my my family live here, like my my mom's parents and my dad's. Um, So it's, you know, I came a couple days ago. So I've been here since Sunday, Um, just skating, working out here before before it comes up. But I just have my friends, some family coming. Uh, I think for me, know. that'd be the toughest part. It's just like the, the last couple of days. You know what I mean? You've yeah, been through the whole snow. process. It's like, fucking, yeah. let's get this thing going. Carson, yeah. Carson, you got your hand up. Yeah. Speaking of your family, your brother, Riley, you know, he played with them in high school at St. Sebastian's this year, Northeastern. He was drafted by the Rangers a couple of years ago. Yeah. Was it meant to be able to play with him? And then how cool would it be, you know, make your NHL appearance with your brother alongside has kind of been with your journey the entire way. Yeah, no, I mean, playing with him for the first time was, was really, I'm surprised that we hadn't already, you know, it's been however many years now, but uh, it was, it was really cool, especially him being a junior and being a captain on the team. It was, uh, it was just a really cool experience. We got to be line mates for a little bit of the season too, until he got no, hurt. Yeah. Um, what was that like? It was it was cool. I feel like I felt like I kind of knew what he was gonna do with the puck when he had it. Uh, so, so you it have was... the intuition of playing together your whole life, but there had to have been a good moment where coming back to the bench. Did did you ever get the chance to motherfuck him as the as the younger brother? Um, a little bit. I I usually just kind of say okay because especially being a younger guy on the team. Uh, you know, yeah, I, you got to pay your dues. It's tough. Your your brother also is a captain too. Yeah, so, so I I gotta I gotta shut my mouth a little bit sometimes. I was but. the younger brother too. My brother played at Quinnipiac, uh, and I knew when to shut my fucking up. You know, yeah. Um, you're not winning that now, battle often. Yeah, you so, gotta do it sometimes. <laughs> now, now this uh, this last year before before this year with Northeastern, your last year with the program, obviously there's a lot of noticeable names on that on that roster: Nazar, Cooley, uh, Guthier, Divine. A lot of guys who are going to be, you know, waiting to hear their names called on, uh, you know, on um, day one. Uh, you know, what was it like to play with those guys? Uh, you know, with the with the development program. Um, and Logan Cooley, he's been in and out of the top three a lot. Um, some 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 rankings even have him going number one. Me personally, I am a huge Logan Cooley fan. I love everything about his game. Just from you playing with him personally. Uh, last year, and I, I, do you keep in contact with these guys at all? Do you uh, do you guys stay in touch? Uh, a little bit. Most of uh, like Divine's the only one I really played with for the for the full two years because 
um, Cooley, Howard, uh, Chesley, a couple other guys got called up. How nasty is Cooley? What's that? That's what I'm asking. How nasty is is Cooley? (laughs) That's what I'm asking him. He, uh, so so those guys got called up towards the end of our, our second year. So it was, um, only a couple months really where I got to play with some of those guys and I, I got hurt towards the end of the season. So, um, I ended only ended up playing a handful of games with them, but I got to watch them a ton. Um, and it was unreal. Some of the things that they could do, like Cooley would like so skilled, so fast with the puck. Some of those other guys, like, um, it was cool to play with them, especially see what they could do playing kind of a year older, playing with some older guys. Yeah, it'll be interesting too with, with with Cooley. Like Pittsburgh, you think of the junior pens, like for your age group, like to see them, it's gonna be their first player from Pittsburgh drafted in I think the top three or five. And that for yeah, me just that's kind crazy. of blew my mind, right? Like because you yeah. think about it, somebody growing up's had to have come from there. But no, um he plays a man's game. Um I loved I loved watching the clips I did of him. Um but that, that, I mean, just being a part of the program, you guys get to experience so much. Real quick question, and it'll be one of my last ones. What You guys do like a Star Wars jersey. You do a couple cool throwbacks. Like what was your favorite international jersey? Uh, so my year we did SpongeBob. Oh, yeah, I, I saw was, those. Those were epic. Yeah, those were pretty cool. I think those did, might have been my favorite, the Star Wars. Did you get to keep them or did they auction them? They auction them. See, that's the worst part. People don't realize. Like, you would think, like, people would get to keep them. We did a Don Cherry night because he's from the Kingston when I played for the Frontenacs. And it was like the, the you know, the old flannel jackets he had? Yeah. So we had the flannel jerseys in a goddamn OHL game. And it would have been so cool to keep, to put up on the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. No fucking auction them off, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they. that's kind of. I mean, you can buy them if you really want to, but no, hey, fuck, not on my paycheck, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but any, anyways, buddy, you know, this past season again with uh, with Northeastern again, you guys had a great season. Um, going into next season, man, you know what 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 are you working on in the off season outside of all this chaos? You know, with getting ready for the draft, getting ready to hear your name called. What are the things you've been working working on, like away from the reins to get ready for next year? Obviously, again, you have a good team coming back, led by you know your goaltender Devin Levi, a guy who's just had an unbelievable season. Just a fucking stud in between the pipes. <laughs> That's how, <laughs> He's I nasty. wish I could get one one thought through without this guy interrupting me. By the Fuck way, off. <laughs> it would be great. Put him on. Put him on. Not going to happen. Put him on a clock. Um, anyways, just, just best college season since Ryan Miller back when he was with Michigan State. Um, you guys just had a phenomenal year, and you're, you're coming back a second year head coach. Uh, you know, you're 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 stud coming back in between the pipes. Uh, you know, what are what are the things you're working on away from the rink? Uh, like, are you are you staying in contact with the team? Are any of you guys like you know getting together for off season workouts? Anything like that? Like, you know, what do you? What are you looking forward to most next year during the offseason, and what are you working on the most? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is getting bigger and stronger, um, you know, working on my skating a little bit. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, you know, we were just all at summer school for about eight weeks or so. So it was most of our team, most of the guys coming back next year. Um, Is that so you guys don't have to take as much like for your, for your practice schedule? So you, you can get away with taking four. Yeah. We get to ultimately like t- down the road, you get to take less classes. Like um, the minimum four, correct. To stay eligible, yeah. 12 credits. Yeah, but I think so. And then when you're a senior, you get to take like one in your spring oh, and two, two or three in I the fall. The- I got to coach college right when I retired at D3 at Fredonia. And my biggest regret, as much as I love the OHL, and I'd do it again if I had to do the same thing, fucking college hockey, man. You're, you're, you're experiencing it right now. Uh, me and Dwayne have talked about it in Gatesy, too. Just that, you know, not only living with your brothers, um, but like, like Dwayne said, what's the goal for Northeastern? Are you guys, do you guys like look at it like we want the bean pot? We want to win Hockey East and then, you know, one tournament at a time almost? Or, like, what are the expectations with that much talent coming back? Uh, I mean, ultimately, we want to win the whole thing. Uh, We want to win the national championship. That's the biggest trophy there is. Um, 
but you know like those other tournaments like the bean pots you know a tournament that northeastern is always going to want to win um this is my first time playing in it it was it was a crazy experience and you see why it's kind of such a big deal yeah it's awesome Um, i love it when they pack that thing it's just passing it one question leading into that and this is for everybody if um oh fuck how was i gonna word this um if, if you had to pick one going in, like, or sorry, for the for the national tournament, you know how it's one game and you're out. Would you guys be okay with it being three game series? Yeah, I just that, think like it's better. so fucking tough to lose your season going in. You guys like one game, anything can happen, right? Yeah, Matt, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Like we, I saw during this like the regular season, like. Any team can beat any team. Like yeah. Maine beat BU, they beat UMass. Even potato, right? Like, fuck. Michigan, yeah, Michigan was the powerhouse coming into this season. You know what I mean? Like, five first round draft picks from last year's draft on that roster, plus you know more, more, more on top of that. You know they were they were to be a powerhouse. You know, let you know yeah. let Portillo and they lost. You know, no one saw that coming. Yeah, three game series for them would have. You know, that's, it'd be hard to beat that team more than once. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, college hockey is so exciting. Me, personally, I, I like the one-game elimination because, like, you literally there's no room for error. You know, guys are laying their faces down Dude, in front of the you, like, Look at the season. T- look at the team they had. You want it coming down to one fucking game, one overtime, one bounce? I yeah. bet you nothing I against thought they were great last year and they played in the tough conference and they did well but i think northeastern deserves a fucking another crack to for the you know what i mean like as a I don't player know. as a player yes i agree with you 100 percent. as somebody watching no i love the excitement yeah i, I see it it's just got to be tough you know i i we've all been there right like everybody has that last game of the year uh, and only a very small percentage wins that last game of the year, right? So, like, yeah. we've all been through it. I just think watching the Mem Cup, I know it's similar, but it isn't one and done. You at least have a chance to play in the play-in game. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just fresh on mind because of that. But I, I just – it's frustrating because, you know, seeing your run – uh, tracking Devin Levi like we did, and, and and like Dwayne said, like he, we're both goalies, we're goalie nuts for him, and and we love. He's just such a great kid too. Like yeah, awesome. I, I didn't know it going in. Ritzy kind of explained it, but like you obviously know, like when you have a guy like that in the pipes, like you'll go, you'll give that extra ten percent and block that shot. You know what I mean? You'll yeah. go to fucking war with your team. I just for me that it's just got to be. One and done. I don't know, Dwayne. But yeah, the player in me is no way. But I, I get the excitement. Um, who, who's the outside of your guys? I know your answer is going to be Northeastern. Outside of Northeastern, who's really looking good in Hockey East next year? Um, I, I mean, I think BU should be good next year. Um, I don't think they're losing a ton. I'm not positive about that, but they should be a top team. UMass is always a really good team. Pretty much no matter who they have. Um, but I'm not. Were they getting their goalie back? Comiskey? I'm not sure. I'm not so if, if you get drafted, um, uh, with like what, what are the rules with college? You can go to rookie camp, right? Yeah, you go to development camp, and then I think. I got uh, to I do know. two of those. I did one with the Sabres in 2011, and I did uh, King's development camp in 2012 13. Um, but I was a major junior guy, so it was different. Like I could stay on a PTO. You have what is it? A week after that, or does it? You, can you get nine games in? Or no, you like, can't. If you're in college, Do you know you how the college rule works? Uh, I just know that you can't. Like if you, if you sign a contract, then you can't play. Uh, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So once you sign your entry level, you have to leave. Yeah, you, you lose your yep. eligibility. Yep. Yeah. Are you? I mean, uh, What'd you say, Carl? No, go ahead. No. So, you know, looking back at your freshman year at Northeastern, obviously, again, you guys had a great season. You had uh, 16 points over the course of 39 games. You know, you look back at your season, and obviously with it being your draft year, you know, do you feel like you did everything you could to put, you know, put your best best version of yourself out there on the ice? Do you have any regrets? Do you have anything you wish you would have did better? And, you know, Again, you know, looking forward, you know, not that there's any particular team you're hoping 
picked you and not that you would tell us, but you know, what's the best situation that you hope for yourself going into, going into this to, to, to Thursday? Like, you know, you know, whether, whether, were there any teams that really, you know, you felt showed a lot of interest in you? Boston Bruins trade up to pick number 12. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Do you feel like there's a, a, a better fit out there for you from some of these teams that you spoke to? Uh, any teams that showed more interest in you than others? And, uh, again, you know, what's, what's the one thing outside of skating that you're trying to improve most on out, out, off, off the ice? Not on ice, but off the ice. Um, I guess body, curl for the girls. Body, <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit of that. Uh <laughs> But um, I need to – I definitely need to get heavier. Like, I – you know, at times during the season, like, I was a lot yeah, lighter. Balls, a lot right? 19 is not enough. Yeah, well, I'm only, I'm only about 170 pounds right now. I was, uh, like, a little bit more than 10 pounds lighter than that at points in the season. Um, it's crazy how much body fat you lose as you go, you know what I mean? And being yeah, able to just, play against hockey's defenders below the goal line. Yeah, like, exactly. You need <laughs> – just go ahead, bud. Go ahead, I beat her. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I, I know. I think ultimately, like, I want to go somewhere where down the road I'll I'll get an opportunity. Um, that's you know that's kind of really all, all that matters to me. Like, I want to get a chance to play. Um, you know, that's that's the end goal. Like, I want to play in the NHL, no matter where it is, uh, no matter how long it takes to get there. I I have I have one more. Um, Dwayne, go ahead if you have one ready. Even if it's Toronto? Yeah, I mean. You got to say that. (laughs) You got to, man. That's such a sewer of a question, Dwayne. Like, you know you have to answer that. Is Jack Hughes going to be the guy that ends the first round drought for the Toronto Maple Leafs? (laughs) I think think they definitely have it next year. They're – they're, they, I mean, they got it. They're right there. Like they should have this year, but it's gross. I need goaltending. Jack Campbell was my partner, and, it, and I don't think it was his fault. But like to draw Tampa Bay in the first round, like fuck, that sucks. Yeah, that's the worst possible outcome for them. All right, I got one last question for you. Any weird questions? Um, did you, like what was the weirdest question during the interview process? You don't have to say the team. Just give me some good. Um, probably, I didn't get too many weird questions, but probably oh, would you, on. would you rather get, pick up a, what was it? Like a $50 bill off the toilet seat or a hundred that's inside the toilet or something like Give that. Give me that hundred, baby. Yeah, oh, I'm picking up the hundred dollar bill. Say the for a reason. Yeah, I'm picking up both. I think there's. <laughs> There's no oh, that better. is the right answer. That's the right answer. You're picking up both. Yeah. Jeff, I got to go on the ice. I, um, I really appreciate your time, buddy. Uh, tell Ritzy and Devin we said hello. I know the boys will take this on, but, hey, enjoy it. Soak it in. Let's go Huskies, baby. Yeah. Thank I you. Am, I appreciate uh, it. Uh, See you, boys. <laughs> now, now we all get to talk. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him out of here. Hold on. Uh, yeah, but – uh, th- th- you always hear those stories about some of these questions that are asked during the draft, like some really outlandish, outlandish questions. Um, was, uh, but did you, did you interview with the Sabres? I did not know. What? Oh, God. that's not, that's not a bad thing though. That's not always a bad thing. That's happened in Buffalo before where they've taken guys in the first and second round that they actually didn't interview. So. Um, yeah, no, I've definitely, I've definitely heard of, you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure, the Bruins didn't interview Patrice Bergeron when when, uh, no, when he was at the combine. It's just kind of crazy now that you look look back at it. Yeah, it it is, man. Like sometimes they already have a good feel for for, for the person that you are, and maybe they want to put their focus on in, in other areas too. Because you know that there's so much you know compressed into those couple days at the combine that maybe they don't get to talk to everybody they want to. Well, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know. Um, one other, one, one uh, a couple other things I want to ask you about the combine too here in Buffalo. Did you get uh, get out to enjoy the city at all? Um, not too much. Like I went out to dinner a couple nights. Um, Where'd you go? But, oh boy, um, <laughs> I honestly have no idea. Um, it was one of the places. I think it was 
the chop house maybe i think it's pretty close yeah. to where i stand chop house is great that's a great choice yeah, i was hoping that... you were going to say a place like anchor by yourself because it's the originator <laughs> of the wing but if you want good wings, <laughs> honestly if you want good wings you don't go to places like that the places where <laughs> you go to Bar Bill, Gabriel's Gate, there's a hole-in-the-wall places, right? Like, what, what were you going to say? Uh, Elmo's? Elmo's yeah, has great wings. That's my number one. Elmo's has <laughs> phenomenal wings. We were uh, we were joking with Dev because uh, he's supposed to be in here for development camp. I told him we owe him wings, and uh, he's going to hold us to it. Um, we're probably going to take <laughs> to a place like Elmo's, but um, – did you get to try? I mean, did you get to try the wings here uh, while 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 you're in town, or? I didn't know. Uh, I've been to I've been to Buffalo plenty of times back in you know playing the tournaments. So I'm definitely I'm sure I have you know back in the day, okay. but because the food here is second to none. I love Boston, but it's second to none. I don't care <laughs> how good you think the food is in Massachusetts, man. It's second to none. Um, another question too. How tough? How tough is it? How tough has it been the last probably like three four years to have that last name? By the way, uh, it creates a lot of confusion. Like it's, <laughs> so people like even confuse me for like Luke Hughes, like when I was at the program. Yeah, so you, you guys play together, right? Yeah, we played together for two years, so it was like it made it a little bit more confusing for everybody. <laughs> Probably hurts the EP views as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, you uh, again, guy. Uh, uh, a guy from Michigan drafted last year. I think he actually did he go top five, Carson? Luke? Yeah, he went yeah, four. The Devils at four. Yep, that's right. Yeah. What was it like playing with him at the program, man? He, he that kid's a stud, man. He he showed out last year at his freshman year in Michigan. Yeah, he did unbelievable. Uh, yeah, no, it was like even just watching him skate, like in practice and games, it was unbelievable. Like, it's something that you, like you can't really like you can't teach it. Like he's just he's just like a almost like a freakish skater. Like you don't see very many people who can skate like him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, uh, Carson, you have anything else, bud? I mean, just good luck this weekend, you know, enjoy it. And uh, I'm really excited to see where you end up. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I appreciate, again, I appreciate having, uh, hanging out with us. I know you, you know, it's not always fun getting interrupted by Cully. You know, that guy, once he gets going, <laughs> he just, you know, I love I love him to death, though. I love him to death. You know, you're not gonna find much, many better hockey minds uh, than his, especially like the way he articulates the game. I'm sure you could tell. Uh, he's a little bit manic some from time to time, but he, I love him. <laughs> to death. But uh, can't always get a word with him when he's talking when he when he gets going. But uh, anyways, uh, again, Jack, thanks for coming on with us, man. I'm glad Ritzy could help us. Uh, Ritzy and Deb could uh, you know link us up. I uh, would love to have you on again in the future. Um, wherever you end up, man. Uh, whether it's day one or day two, I, I personally believe you know you, you go on day one if, if you know if you ask me. But um, I, I, you know, especially with those combine numbers, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but you know they're getting a stud hockey player, you know, yeah. a very intelligent hockey player, and you know the you know this is just the beginning, man. There's a, a long road ahead of you, and uh, the sky is the limit for you, kid. I, I really do believe it. It's it's been fun. It's been fun, kind of looking into your career up to this point. You know, we, we, you agreed to come on with us, watching some of your highlights. And uh, again, can't wait to see where you end up uh, come Thursday. Thank you, thank you guys. I really appreciate that. No problem, man. And uh, this has been episode one hundred and one of Two Goalies One Mike. I am Dwayne for Cully and producer Carson, producer Gatesy. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Get over to George Roman Boulevard in Buffalo, or Chitawaga, sorry, Chitawaga, New York. Get over to Outlet Liquor. Tell them two goalies, one Mike sent you. Tell them Jack Hughes sent you. Not that Jack Hughes, the Jack Hughes <laughs> University. Uh, and uh, we will catch you next week. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen.
do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.